This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are back live from the University of Chicago Hyde Park, where we have been hearing from four more mayoral candidates and getting some expert analysis from reporters at WBEZ and the Sun-Times. We're going to continue our political theme, but with an architectural twist. In our series, What's That Building?, we bring you stories about architecture in and around the Chicago area, places that make you spot them as you walk by and you think, how did that get here? We've got a whole tour of buildings that show the rich political history of the Hyde Park neighborhood. And here, as always, to give us the story is our architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin. Hey, Dennis. Hi, Sasha. Thank How you for you? coming down. This is such a beautiful room. I we know. should do a What's That Building It's so here. pretty. I wish our listeners could see this. Um, but, of course, they could jump on YouTube right now and, and watch if they choose to do so. So we have talked most uh, to, to most of the mayoral candidates over the last few days, Dennis. And as you point out in your story for WBEZ, a mayoral spotting isn't uncommon in Hyde Park. Tell us why. Well, because several of them have lived here or, in Mayor Lightfoot's case, studied here. Um, I don't know where she lived when she was in law school, but uh, the earliest mayor we have in Hyde Park is Ed Kelly, who was elected in 1933. Uh, actually, he was initially elected by the city council. Anton Cermak had been assassinated. City council elected Ed Kelly, and then after that, he uh, ran for election in the popular vote. He was the 46th mayor of Chicago, lived in a house on Ellis. Um, and then after him, there's not another mayor until Harold Washington. And this is fascinating. Harold Washington moves to a building. Many people know he lived on uh, South Shore, at 5300 Shore Drive or South Shore Drive um, at the Hampton House. He moves in in 1983, just before he's elected president, mm -hmm. but he's not the first political figure to live on that corner. Who was? Twelve decades earlier, Mary Todd Lincoln lived on the very same corner, different building. There was a place called Hyde Park House, which was a hotel, later Burns, and, uh, and built on the site is the building where Harold Washington lived. But we have not only Mary Todd Lincoln, but two of her sons, Robert and Tad, living there for a summer right after uh -huh. Abraham Lincoln was um, assassinated. And then more than a century later, 12 decades later, Harold Washington, who lived there until his death. Mm -hmm. And as many people know, the park immediately across the street has his name now. Interesting. So you've created a walking tour of all these different buildings with, with connections to politicians, right? Yeah, yeah, because so many have passed through here. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the university. Bernie Sanders, the Vermont senator and, and presidential candidate, lived here because he was a student. But we have two buildings on the list because we not only have his apartment, but the place where he led sit-ins um, in the oh. president's office. It's actually just a couple oh, really? blocks from where we're sitting now. Uh, in the early 60s, um, Bernie Sanders and others were protesting um, racist housing policies by the university in buildings it rented to non-university people. Uh, and he did a sit-in there. So we've got both his apartment on University and this office on Ellis where he did a sit-in. And then there are so many others. There are ambassadors. There mm -hmm. are mayors. And we're going to dig into president. these. There's a certain president. Yeah, a certain president. <laughs> who, who do you speak of, Dennis? Uh, well, everybody knows. I, I mean, you can hardly talk about Hyde Park or, let's say, several years ago when he was um, in the spotlight. You talk about Hyde Park and you talk about Barack and Michelle Obama. Of course, yeah. And so one of the things on our tour is not just where they lived, first on Eastview Park and later, not actually in Hyde Park, but two doors north in Kenwood, um, but the place where they got their first kiss. I don't know, people, or where they had, I should say, their first kiss. People who know the Baskin Robbins um, know that there is a, 
uh, actually there's not a Baskin, there is a Baskin Robbins there still, but there's a Subway restaurant. There's a plaque out front because in their writings, they've both talked about right. having their first kiss when they went to Baskin Robbins. Mm -hmm. And so, and I mean, I don't know how many cities have the place where a president had his first kiss. I didn't know there was a plaque, but I, I definitely heard that first kiss story for sure. So how long would, do you think it would take someone to complete this walking tour? Well, you know, it, the great thing about Hyde Park is that it's relatively compact, and so many of these locations are very close to the university. I would say you can do it in an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, you're going to stop to take photos and post them, yeah. so it might take you a little bit longer. So you've given us a preview of some of these spots, but I, I want to dig into some a, a little bit more, and let's go back, way back to the 40s again, Dennis. Talk about Mayor Ed Kelly. He's an interesting guy. So he, well, so he had been, he'd worked for the uh, water district. And then again, he's, uh, he's the choice of the city council when Anton Cermak is assassinated and then runs again three times. So he's elected by the council and then by the people three times. Um, he's president when we had a world's fair. Uh, he, was, he was a pretty prominent mayor, he, or a pretty successful mayor. He didn't live in that house his entire term. Um, by he's elected in 1933, and by 1937 he's moved, I believe, out of Hyde Park. I know he's moved, and I'm pretty sure out of Hyde Park. I see. You talked about Harold Washington, of course, living in Hyde Park. Any other interesting facts about that particular site beyond it being his home? Well, so in between Mary Todd Lincoln and, and um, Harold Washington, there is sort of a, a, a shadow over that building because it is also a place where the Ku Klux Klan met. Okay. Um, the owner of the building. Uh, the, the building was for a while named after this owner and it's documented, it's in the newspapers. There were Klan members quoted. Um, so you have Mary Todd Lincoln in the um, 1860s, you have the Klan in the 1920s, and then Harold Washington in uh, the 1980s, all in that same location. Interesting. Well, tell us more about our current mayor's connection. As you mentioned before, it's a school connection. It, yes, she went to law school here, so that's really her point of entry into Chicago. Uh, we did a What's That Building when she first came into office, and I could not get from her or her staff where she lived. Like I said, we found where Bernie Sanders lived. Right. Um, that's in the papers from, from when he was arrested in the 60s. Couldn't get word from her where she lived, so we really thought of the law school as her entry point because any law student knows if you go to, you're, you're really spending 23 and a half hours a day at the law school anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and she's not the only one. So many other people have gone there or have been associated with it. Two Supreme Court justices, Elena Kagan and Antonin Scalia, um, three U.S. Attorney Generals, I, I'm sorry, I said Scalia and I should say Scalia, I was reading too fast, three U.S. Attorney Generals, ten senators and a Prime Minister of New Zealand are among the other wow. alumni of the University of Chicago Law and, School. And as we talk about the, the law school, we've, we've covered that building on, on what's that building before. So just remind us of that, that very distinctive structure. Oh, it's an amazing building. It's by Eero Saarinen. It's from the uh, 1950s. It's on the cover, I think, of Lee Bay's book about the best architecture on the south side. Okay. It's an amazing building. It has this wonderful sort of folded screen, mirrored glass front. That's the law school. And that is reflected in a pond out front. And then it, it has, it's a little bit, it looks like a Renaissance courtyard done in a modern way because it's walled and, and wings of the building, lower wings of the building extend out from the, 
from the library as if they're arms. It's a really, it's just yeah. a great piece of mid-century modern architecture. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, Reset is on the road at the University of Chicago in Hyde Park. And we're bringing you a special political edition of our series, What's That Building, as we wrap up our mayoral forums. With us, as always, is our architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin of Crane's Chicago Business. So we've talked about perhaps most famous of all, you know, then Senator uh, or Senator, then President Barack Obama and, and Michelle Obama, of course. Do they, they still own property in the neighborhood? Is that right? They still own the house. It's So as I said, it's not actually in Hyde Park. It's two doors north. That's right. Kenwood. You did say that. But they, yes, they still own it. And the question of, of whether they stay there when they're in town is is unsettled. Some people report they they do, and others say, no, they haven't been there. But they do still own the house. I mean, how do you mistake a, a Barack Obama sighting? <laughs> well, unfortunately, as you know, it's hard to stake out that, or I hate to say stake out in this, um, in these circumstances. It's hard to check out that house because the police have been parked in front of the house now since 2008. Yeah. Of course, the Obama Center, we know, that's also set to be built nearby. Yeah. yeah. And that will be, that will be a very significant addition to the neighborhood when it gets going. Do any other senators have connections to Hyde Park? Uh, two. One, a hero of mine, Paul Douglas, was a U.S. senator in the night from 1949 to 1967. He lived um, on Blackstone, and he's a hero of mine because he's uh, really led the legislative effort to save the Indiana Dunes, which in spring and summer is really one of the most beautiful parts of the Chicago area. Mm -hmm. And it would have been taken by industry had he not led the legislative effort. And then Carol Mosley Braun, the first black woman elected to the United States Senate. Uh, we have on, on this map, we have two addresses of hers spanning about a dozen years. Um, she, for a while, lived in what's known as um, Professor's Row, which is, oh. I mean, they're called townhouses, but they're these, it's just this beautiful sort of Oxford-style set of of homes, and mm -hmm. she also had a, a different house she lived in. Both are on the map, and of course, not just a U.S. senator, but later an ambassador and a candidate for president. Yeah. Uh, any other presidents? Well, with connections to the neighborhood. Yes, uh, uh, not a U.S. president. I may botch his name, but the first president of Czechoslovakia taught. Used to live at, in Hyde Park. He lived briefly. He taught summers as a visiting scholar at the University of Chicago. Tomas Garige Mazarek uh, was an activist for the creation of Czechoslovakia while, uh, visiting, while a visiting scholar in, at the University of Chicago. And then in 1918, when uh, Czechoslovakia is formed, he yeah. became the first president. I mean, as, as we make all of these connections, what do you think it is about Hyde Park that has made it such a popular destination for politicians? Well, a lot of it is the university. Yeah. I mean, some of these, Ed Kelly, as far as I can tell, had nothing to do with the university, but Barack and Michelle Obama were both School. associated with the university. Um, Lori Lightfoot, as we said, arrived here because of it. But, but we should also say, I mean, everybody knows, Hyde Park is like a special little city within the city. Mm -hmm. It's such a different sort of a place. And I think a lot of these kinds of people sort of identify with with what Hyde Park looks and feels like. Yeah. It feels like a university town within an enormous city. That's beautiful. And you've done, I mean, over the years with us here at WBEZ, Dennis, a lot of walking tours, right? <laughs> what is it about walking tours that you love so much? Well, I think I've said to you, I know I've talked about this a lot, I think, especially in Chicago, especially with a lot of these historic buildings, 
there's something that happened there that can really sort of pulse. You're not just walk. We're lucky in Chicago to walk by so many very beautiful buildings, and in the summer, beautiful trees, and in the Indiana dunes and places like that. Mm -hmm. But there's also been an enormous amount of history that has happened here. And I just think it's great to walk around and be able to just sort of feel the aura. I, I hate to say Absolutely. it that way, but these places really pulse with close. something that happened here. I mean, I think I would imagine anybody who enrolls at the law school now, just as one example, thinks, gee, you know, ambassadors, Supreme Court justices, mayors of major cities, the prime minister of New Zealand, and now me studying here. Yeah. I think Any teasers for what you got cooked up next? Uh, you know, there's a high school in Chicago that, that doesn't get the recognition it should as sort of our version of fame, the fame high school. And that's <laughs> what I'm going to talk to you about next time. I cannot wait. That is Dennis Rodkin, reporter for Crane Chicago Business. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. So good to see you. Thanks, Sasha. All right, that is it for Reset. We want to thank our hosts today, the University of Chicago. It's been great working with you, Chicago's Institute of Politics, on this project. So shout out to all of the great work that the Institute of Politics does. And thank you all so much for tuning in today on 91.5 FM and on YouTube. 